Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Thank you guys for joining us today. I have a special guest with me today. He's been at the mission for well over 30 years. And uh, his mother was at the mission even before he was. So although he's been employed with the mission for over 30 years, he's been acquainted with the mission for much longer than that. And so there's, I'm sure, a lot of uh, insights he's gotten. I want you to get to, to meet Greg and uh, just see some of the insights that he's seen over the years. But before we do, uh, there is something else that I wanted to talk to you about. We're not going to, uh, the, hopefully this is not a show that is depressing in any way, but two years ago my wife went home to be with the Lord, and um, it was it was difficult, but there was grace and there was mercy in that too. And I'm looking at Greg's wrist, and he's he's wearing a, a little blue armband, Philippians 4.19, that says, I, what does it say, Greg? I can do all things through Christ yeah. that strengtheneth me. That's right. And and it's just strength, strengthens me if you don't have a King James Bible. <laughs> but uh, the bottom line comes down to that those are, those are things that are really true. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the reciprocal of that is true as well. I can do nothing without Christ who strengthens me. And so it's a double-edged sword. The reason that I bring that up is a very good friend of mine, and I'm going to leave his name off the air, but uh, he is a very close friend of mine, and he is going to go home to be with the Lord very shortly, and I'm, I'm going over there. He is a wonderful man of Christ, as his wife is as well. He is faithful in everything that he does. He's been with me at the board, uh, at the mission for many years, and I love him dearly. And so it brings to mind, though, the fact that no matter who we are, whether we're believers or unbelievers, we're going to face that day when we're going to go and we're going to meet God. Now, you already have eternal life. You don't have to worry about that part. But what you do have to worry about is where, whether you're going to have eternal life or you're going to have eternal death. And I'm not trying to shock you. I'm not trying to upset you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. What I am trying to do is remind us all that whether we're 15, 50, or 105, the reality is that someday we're going to face that time when we're just not going to be here anymore. And then comes the question, where am I going to spend this eternal place? Where where am I going? With my friend, I know where he's going. He's going to be in the arms of the Lord. I, I know where Olga went, and I celebrate that. They're both going to be, she is released from the pain of having MS, and he will shortly be released from the pain of the cancer that's riddled his body. And The Bible is very clear about what's going to happen. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
We also know that we will take up wings like eagles and fly, and we will run and not get tired, and no scorching sun is going to beat down on us. And so my hope is that when you come to that time, that you will be able to know with confidence that you are passing from the veil of, of this life to a, an amazing life where Christ himself has gone to prepare a place for us. Uh, Greg has lost his mom uh, a while ago, lost his dad. We were talking about that. Uh, Steve lost his dad. We just, we have been talking about these things, but here's the deal. Bible tells us that we are not to mourn the way the world mourns. That doesn't say you're not supposed to mourn. It says you're not supposed to mourn the way the world does. Why? Because they have no hope. We have a hope, and that hope isn't some vague, I hope this happens. This is a hope that is certain and guaranteed to those who follow Christ. And so, if I could be have any warning for you today, it would be don't wait until the 11th hour to start seeking to find out if uh, about God. Many people die at 1059 who are waiting for the 11th hour. The other part of that is when God calls you, come. Don't put it off. You don't have anything to gain to wait. Uh, the sooner, the better. I I my prayer would be that I had come to Jesus far sooner than I had than I did. So, without any further ado, though, I would like you to meet Greg Baker. Greg Baker, would you say hello to the audience, please? Hello, my name is Greg Baker. I've been working at the mission for about 36, 35 years. Well, let me rephrase that for you. He's been at the mission for thirty-six years. Working, we have to. We have to wonder. No, I'm, yes. I'm kidding. He's been working and been faithful to the mission for all these years. So, Gregory, tell me, um, you were in the military, were you not? Uh, I went and uh, joined the Air Force, and I had four years in the military. And then I came back in 1984, and uh, my mom and my dad, they told, they kept asking me to go and find a job. <laughs> and uh, mom says, she comes home one night with some money in a um, suitcase, and she said, I want you to count this. Wow. And I started counting money at home. <coughs> and then... I she brought the money back to the mission, and uh, they deposited the money. And I was doing this for a few for a few weeks, and then um, one of the pastors that worked there said that he had a job for me to do, and it was collecting money from coin banks. And I drove around the whole city of Sacramento. Uh, picking up coin banks that were out in different stores. And after that, I did that for about four or five years. And then they came along and asked me to come and work in the office. Well, let me stop you there for a minute. And uh, I would like all of you guys to know that, no, it's not normal for us to take suitcases of money uh, 
But it's, I'm glad to hear we had suitcases of it. But uh, what I would like to interject right here is, and I suspect this is why, I suspect your mom wanted Don, the director at the time, to be able to have confidence that Greg could pick up money and that all the money would come back uh, yes. to the mission, which that has never been a question, by the way. Over the years, uh, I, I have come to understand that you could sit Greg in a, war, in a whole room full of $20 bills, not know how many there were in there, but be assured that when he left, the same amount would be in there because uh, he, is, he is faithful and he is honest. And so I think that's one of the reasons. And Don Kirk is the guy he was talking about. Don Kirk was pastor of the mission for many, many years. And, of course, he was the director and the pastor when Greg uh, came to the mission. But that wasn't the first time you'd ever been to the mission, right? No, I went to uh, my, my mom volunteered to go down to, on 2nd Street when it was a soup kitchen. So we were getting up in the middle of the night, and we mm-hmm. would get up like at 4, four o'clock in the morning and we drive down to Second Street and uh, do prayer breakfast with uh, with the guys, and then um, after that, they uh, asked her to come on and do uh, the um, work in the office, be the secretary and the bookkeeper, and after all that, she got hired on. And she retired from the uh, mission in about uh, um, 89 or 90. And, but we both got to work together at the Union Gospel Mission. Well, let me, uh, let me just tell you something about his mom. His mom was a very sweet little lady, and I'm sure she had quite a bit of strength. And, you know, Greg has seen some tragedy in his life, his his dad went home to be with the Lord and his mother, I got to meet. And, uh, she was, she was really very sweet. Uh, I don't know why Greg isn't sweet, but, uh, <laughs> but he's got, he's got good qualities. Um, one of the things that very few people understand is that second street, Gregory, second street is old Sacramento. So that's a great place to be, isn't it? It wasn't at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you describe for the folks what Second Street really was back in the day when the mission started? There, there was a bunch of homeless men and homeless women that would j- just walk up and down the street, and they were always looking for a. Um, it was a soup kitchen, so they were getting soup, and uh, they were hearing about Jesus Christ. And I was, I'm glad that I was able to do my part and to spread the gospel that people would know about Jesus. You know what? That brings up an interesting thing. And just so you know, just to, to reiterate this a little bit, I grew up in Sacramento, and old Sacramento wasn't old Sacramento. It was a slum. It was the worst part of Sacramento. Um prostitutes, derelicts, abandoned buildings. It was nasty. 
And then the renovation took place, and they turned it into old Sacramento. Having said that, Greg just said something very interesting. He said that he was grateful that he was able to have a part in bringing the gospel message to the people of Sacramento, to the lost, to the hurting, to the homeless, right? Yes. And so, Greg, uh, are you a trained professional pastor? No. Okay. Uh, did you did you have uh, were you paid to go out and preach or teach or or love the people on the street? No. Okay. The reason that I ask that is because so so often people fail to understand that if you're in Christ Jesus, you still need to be doing what, Gregory? You need to go out and preach or tell people about Jesus and just even the people that have no idea what they're talking about or what's going on, that they would be able to go out and tell people that if they don't listen and they don't do what they're supposed to and learn about Jesus and live a life of Jesus, that they they are going to be done and they would die and go to hell. They, they all need to learn that they need to be able to love and just listen and preach, listen to pastors tell tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, just to illustrate that point of view, I knew many years ago a Down syndrome man, and uh, so you would ask yourself, well, how could he minister to somebody? And he was pretty severely impaired. Well, here's how he did. He even ministered to me because delivering a message, standing before a big congregation, and right before I went up there, this young man, well, he was not really young, but at any rate, he asked me a simple question. Do you love Jesus? And I said, I do. And he hugged me. Okay, well, the reason that I'm telling you this is because at that moment, I am looking at this young man who had no guile. He, his, his worship of Christ, his belief that Jesus was coming back, was unfettered by any of the things we do, all the doubts and the, oh, I don't know, this scientific proof here or that. But he knew as surely as I knew that the sun was coming up tomorrow that Jesus was the Son of God and had him in his hands. You don't have to be an intellectual to go out and tell somebody about how Jesus has changed your life. You don't have to be a, a, a Rhodes Scholar to understand that I was dead in my trespasses and God has made me alive. And so there are going to be some brilliant people on the face of the earth who are in hell. There's going to be some brilliant ones that are in heaven too. But you know what? There's going to be a lot of people that we look at and go, well, you know, what could they contribute? They contributed more than most of us do because of their faithfulness. And you know what? You can be faithful without being brilliant. And so... To Greg's point, he did what he could do. And the act of going and collecting the 
the coin banks and everything. I think actually we still have one coin bank out there, don't we? Or maybe not anymore, not anymore. But I think when I got there, there was though, right? Yes. And which surprised me. I didn't know we had coin banks. <laughs> but the reality is that every single believer has something to contribute. You know, the Bible tells us that we can't all be the head. We can't all be the lungs. We can't all be the, the arms or the feet. But you know what? All of those things in the body of Christ are absolutely essential. Are they not, Gregory? Everything has to work together to get things done. That's right. You know what? If if the lungs stop pumping in air, guess what? The brain is no good. If the feet don't carry you, then the arms have to take over in a wheelchair. And if that doesn't work, I'm just telling you that all those things are integral to everyday life. And the amazing part about God's plan is we can lose body parts, we can lose mobility, we can lose even cognitivity. We can have strokes, we can be sick, we can do those things, and God can still find a way to use us in the kingdom. Can he not, Gregory? Yes, very much so. Um, you know, uh, I knew a woman who had a child, and the child well, I'm sure I'll just give you her first name. Her name was Echo, and, and she had lost pretty much every function of her body. Uh, she was severely impaired, wheelchair-bound, couldn't speak, couldn't do all of those kind of things. And yet, you know what? Her mother loved her uh, 100%. And that young lady was extremely smart. And so... Everything else had failed her, but the, the, the brain was functioning. And guess what else was functioning? Her faith in Christ. And so she also is right now running and jumping and taking up wings and enjoying the Lord because her time on this planet was still devoted, even with all her impaired uh, mobility, she still loved Jesus, and guess what? That's that's a love that goes on forever, right, Gregory? Oh, God! God's the most important thing. He he he'll help you through the bad parts of life, and he'll help you through the good parts, as long as you keep trusting in him. That's right. What what does the song say? Trust and obey, because hey, what? There's no other way. <laughs> there's no other way. Listen, by the way. If you guys are only into the modern music uh, and you don't listen to any old hymns, you need to listen to some of those old hymns because some of them are the gospel in a nutshell, right, Gregory? Yes, sir. Uh, so, you know, I love I love modern Christian music. Not all of it, but I love modern Christian music, and I have developed an appreciation for old hymns. Uh, you know, I grew up in a time, like many of you, that was— well, I grew up in a time that rock and roll was what you listened to, and I was not really your big uh, fan of of hymns. Uh, they were old-fashioned, fuddy-duddy to me. But, you know, over the course of the years, and I've been a pastor for quite a long time, listening to hymns sung by people who loved God, oh, my goodness, I would hate to get rid of some of the old hymns. How about you, Gregory? Oh. We have a hymnal at 
uh, work at the Union Gospel Mission, and all it has in is classics. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I, I, I'm also a Baptist, and our Baptist hymnal only has classics. <laughs> Trust and Obey. Yeah. Amazing Grace. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it is amazing. And if you ever read the history of some of those hymns, you're going to be uh, amazed. Are you not, Gregory? Oh, fantastic. What happens to be your favorite hymn? Do you have one? I like Amazing Grace. Oh, amen. Uh, so you know a little bit of the history of Amazing Grace, I think. Uh, not, not really. Well, John Newton, and I'll just be brief about this, but John Newton was a slave ship captain. He was a drunk and a brigantine. He was all the bad things you can imagine. And his mother had been a wonderful Christian woman, as I understand it. And one night in a stormy sea, uh, he thought the ship was going to go down, and he picked up a little book, some devotional, and he started reading it. And then he decided, well, I'm going to clean up my act. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be nicer to the slaves. I'm going to do this kind of stuff. And and God doesn't like halfway things, does he, Gregory? If you don't do it all, you might as well not do it at all. So John Newton— gave up slave ship captaining, and he became an advocate for the abolition of slavery. And if you ever read his tombstone, which I don't remember word for word, but it's something like, here lies John Newton, a, a slaver of men and a brigantine, and, and it goes on, and, he, and then the beautiful line, saved by grace. And he was. And it, is it Amazing Grace, Greg? Has Amazing Grace touched you? Oh, it has. I, when I get down, I I start singing Amazing Grace or another hymn, and it'll bring me right back. Yep. You know what? Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes, and uh, so, you know, the next time we come in, I'm going to have Greg stay over. We do two shows at a time if possible. And if, Greg, if you're willing, I'd like you to stay for one more show. Uh, I'm willing to do. Okay. Then we will also talk about uh, a hymn a little bit, just as a word of encouragement. Uh, and that is, well, it is well with my soul. And most people don't, uh, don't know the story, but we're going to illuminate you guys to this story because it's one of my favorite ones in there as far as the story. I was... You know, uh, when I was young, Gur. Well, just young. I'm not Gur anymore. I'm I'm older. But here's the bottom line to all of this: it's an amazing story of a man's faithfulness, a woman's faithfulness, and God's faithfulness, which is always there. We have one more minute, so in the next few seconds, would you like to say anything to the folks out there? I just hope and pray that you all will trust in Jesus and let him lead and guide and direct your life. And I pray that for you, too. You know, the whole reason for the Union Gospel Mission isn't just to feed and clothe uh, and house people. The primary impetus for me and for the, the men and women at the mission is to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ that we've all found. You know, 
Uh, I never deserved heaven. So, my dear friends out there, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.